0: Unlimited data on their network. Video streams at 480p. Small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds if you cancel balances due. Well qualified customers, full price, 720 plus tax. Finance agreements required. Netflix for two screens. Terms apply. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. <laughs>
2: What is better than this, guys? Being dudes here on the Draft Dudes podcast. I am Joe Marino of NDT Scouting and Fan Sports, joined as always by co-host Kyle Krabs, who's the founder and director of scouting at NDT Scouting. It is a Friday here on the show. We are getting awfully close to uh, what we've all been looking forward to—the NFL draft. It is less than two weeks away, and oh, man, this is this is it's here. This is what we've been. Oh, just spending the last 10 months of our lives getting ready for. So, Kyle, what's up, man? Happy Friday.
3: Uh, Happy Friday. I'm hoping to come across a little less condescending than I apparently (laughs) did on Battle of the Boards. Thank you. you. I went to therapy. Oh, you did. uh, Good now. Well, uh, we got got a comment. We got some (laughs) feedback that said, apparently, if you don't agree with Kyle Krabs, you don't know what you're talking about. So consider me clueless. So um, that dug at me a little bit, you know. I didn't realize I came across so harsh, but um, no, I just believe in my takes, you know.
2: There was uh, there was some very upset people that I don't watch TV. Like, what's why oh, do people really? care? why do people care so much that I don't enjoy watching TV shows? Like, uh, we all have our hobbies and interests. And one of mine is not necessarily watching TV. I'm not criticizing other people,
1: but I don't have an,
2: we
3: watch enough moving things on screens (laughs) that I really can't give you a hard time about it.
2: It's not John, not John owning John. He made a fun dig, but man, there were some people that just like, man, like were really upset that I don't watch TV. Like, all right, guys, cool. I'll, I'll do me. You do you. And, uh, we'll be all right, man. But, um, so NFL drafts coming up and what we want to do here over the next oh five or five episodes is do some positional overviews and really get into the, the meat and potatoes of the class and really set the set the scene for each of the positionals uh, positions. Um, one thing I'm doing on NDT scouting right now, I hope you all have seen, is the uh, the positional superlatives where I'm going through and identifying, you know, who the best at certain things are at each position. And um, so those are a nice overview for the class. But even here on this, uh, in this setting, we're going to get a little bit deeper. So uh, excited to get into uh, quarterbacks and running backs today.
3: Yeah, it's, I think this would be a good show just because, um, you no, know, they're they're guys to touch the ball. A lot of ball watchers with, you know, the way that television broadcasts work and uh, fantasy football, this is going to be the guys that the most people know out of this draft just because they play the positions that have the greatest impact on the game because they touch the ball. So, um, or the most consistent impact on the game, I should say. Um, So, I I guess we'll talk quarterbacks first. Yeah, just kind of go through – where we think the value falls for the the tiers of the class and uh, potential starters and any Mm -hmm. any late-round guys that kind of stand out to us. So, uh, Joe, I have the composite board up. I know you have your own rankings. I have my own rankings uh, as well, just kind of side-by-side. Watson and Trubisky, for both of us, are like the two. If you need a starting quarterback, uh, this is who you're going to look at.
2: Yeah, no question about that. Those are the ones that give you the best chance to to be your guy. To, well, you can hit your wagon to them.
3: And let me ask you this because I had this quest- question from uh, Chris Schubert from FanRex Sports Radio uh, in Phoenix today on on a spot I did with him. Uh, he wanted me to elaborate you know, why specifically. And, and for me, uh, I think none of these guys are universal prospects. They're, they're not scheme transcendent guys. Um, do you feel the same way and what scheme or style of play do you think each one would lend itself to as far as like an offensive system in the NFL? Uh,
2: Trubisky, I would like to see him in really with Kyle Shanahan. I I really like that idea, uh, where you have a mix of, uh, of quick, quick game, a mix of some vertical push, a mix of getting outside the pocket, making throws, um, and, you know, and I think that lends itself well to Trubisky's accuracy and ability to move in some of his uh, his type of an idea uh, for Trubisky. Uh, for Watson, um, I think, I don't want to say you have to simplify it for him, but stuff where he's getting the ball out of, out of his hands quick, uh, stuff where he's able to have a lot of isolated man situations where he can test that. Uh, and, and stuff where he's, you know, he's obviously one of the greatest dual threat quarterbacks in college football history. I don't want to lose track of that, so I want to give him chances to create uh, with some with some read option, with uh, you know some design runs, and, and getting him outside the pocket as well. So, um, you know, I, I not necessarily a, a perfect marriage for, for Watson. That I think you know this would be perfect. Maybe Anthony Lynn, what he was able to do with Tyrod Taylor, actually might actually work well if you put him with San Diego. Uh, so there you go. There, that's the best two fits, if you, if you will, in terms of scheme.
3: See, I said Andy Reid for Deshaun Watson. Uh, for who? Desha- for Deshaun Watson, Kansas City. Okay. Uh, just because that that West Coast style, kind of like what he did when he when Donovan McNabb was there. Uh, Alex Smith's a nice athlete. He can can move the ball with his legs a little bit. It's a lot of quick hitting stuff. Um, the The issue that I would have with somebody like Anthony Lynn is Tyrod like to push the ball, and I I don't necessarily know if Watson has the consistency with his vertical stuff unless he's got big catch radius guys uh, that can bail him out, like what he had with Mike Evans there. Um, so I I had said. Uh, New York Jets for Mitch Trubisky and Kansas City Chiefs for Deshaun Watson.
2: Why Why the Jets for Trubisky?
3: Jets because I, I think an offensive system that's still going to want to run the ball, Kind of, I could see it kind of turning into what the Raiders have become if they get the weapons on the boundary. Mm-hmm. Um, Bowles wants to run the ball. He wants to play defense and he wants to run the ball. So Trubisky... Uh, this past year has you know, was experienced navigating a pretty shoddy pocket at times. So running the ball will help keep the quote-unquote pressure off of him early. Uh, but I could see a Derek Carr-style trajectory for Trubisky's career where you build around him, and if you do so responsibly, he can be a push-the-ball kind of guy, just like what Carr was. Because, system- yeah. because systemically, Fresno State, what they did, and you look at what Carr was knocked for, it was a lot of screen throws, mm-hmm. um, they, you know, they, they said it was really simplified, like vertical and screen game. And you get, you get people that say that about Trubisky. Now, Trubisky does not have as good of a natural arm as Carr does, um, but I think he has some better touch passes in the intermediates. And I, I could certainly see some parallels between the two. And I would argue Trubisky navigates the pocket and, and you know, moves around and manipulates rushers better than what Carr did in college.
2: Yeah, I would say I think that's a good point. I like Trubisky there. The you know, the fastball obviously Derek Carr is, yeah. is better. But yeah. Um that's it's interesting parallel. Um so getting into the next phase of the class here for quarterbacks, my number three quarterback is Nathan Peterman. Out of Pittsburgh, and I don't think that's the same for you. No,
3: it's he's QB four by one spot. He's okay. I, I am a home seventy six, and Peterman I have seventy seven.
2: So very very close.
3: Yeah. So and it, I have those
2: guys flip flopped.
3: Right, and it's just Peterman. You know what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. So the uh, lower ceiling. Um, yeah. Certainly going to be a, another West Coast style guy, right? I can't, yeah, he's. I can't yeah. envision him finding a lot of success in any other type of role.
2: No, yeah, no, no question about it. Um, I, I like his ability to drive a Cadillac. You know, keep everything on schedule.
3: <laughs> Where the hell did that um, come from? You, drive the Cadillac? What's that? Drive the Cadillac? I've never. Yeah, heard man, that. you gotta drive. A...
2: <laughs> you you're right. Come on, yeah. You, sometimes you just make stuff up. I do oh, that, that's man. an. You I Cadillac. I thought, a Cadillac. That, I no, thought that was he, a
3: formal saying. <laughs> I don't know if it is or not. I just went with. It. Well, I, that's what I'm I, I was saying. I was like, it. "Wow, like drive can, the Cadillac." I never heard that before. Well, it is now. Yeah, well, it, it is now.
2: Yeah. So that's that's what I say about Peterman. He can drive the Cadillac. You have uh, enough around him where he can be the facilitator and, and keep the offense on schedule. Uh, baseline traits across the board. Good mental processing skills. Uh, you know, he's he can be that Andy Dalton type quarterback you know there's no question about that and not everybody gets to have Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers or Ben Roethlisberger so he can be serviceable and and you know do what the coaches ask him to do which is there's some value to that I think there's there's teams in the NFL that would like to have a quarterback like that
3: I think that gets lost with a lot of fans too everybody's sure. expecting to get a guy that's going to come in and be the guy that you want throwing 40 45 times a game
2: yeah surgeon um, right yeah, yeah.
3: And, and that's that's not what Peterman is. We know that's not what Peterman is. Uh, but I, I, he's a different athlete than Dalton, but I don't hate the comp as far as like his role as an NFL starter in the right kind of system. I think that's sure, pretty good. Sure. Uh, sure and, yeah, you're not going to value him high. but And as much as I want to connect the dots there with uh, Bill O'Brien and say, like, oh, like this is like home run value for Houston Texans if they can wait till the second round to get him. Um, one of the other guys that we're going to talk about, I actually think I would peg as like a more favorable landing spot for Houston. And I'm I'll wait until of... we get there. <laughs> no, I'm not going to say Kai. Okay, good. I need I... to make sure before we continue the recording. Um, so let's let's uh... t- let's talk about Mahomes. Um, okay. I said the ideal fit for him would either be like Pittsburgh or Arizona. So yeah, like the, Arizona. Yeah, like I really like the, the potential there as far as the way Arians plays the game. And, mm-hmm. and you know, he, he would be allowed to make some things happen. And I think the mobility there would be a breath of fresh air from Carson Palmer. Uh, but that deep arm's there, man. And sure. and he can hit the deep windows and tight throws in the deeper areas. And um, he would be able to play a little bit more true to himself as what he does well with the, sure. the quote-unquote backyard sure. style. like. You know, you're holding the ball super long and making things happen, and letting receivers uncover after initial routes. And uh, I think that would lend itself very well uh, in Arizona, as compared to some other passing offenses that are re- going to require you to have a lot more timing and precision, and you know, balls out at the top of your drop, and and what you see from somebody like Nate Peterman.
2: Yeah, no, I, I like that, and I, I don't disagree that there's more upside in Mahomes, but. Uh, some of the mechanical stuff with him really hurt his score with me. Um, and uh, so I went with a little bit. Well, I didn't go with anything. They scored what they scored, and one was rated higher than the other. But I think the reason Peterman wind up being a higher-rated player on my board was the, the the more consistent traits across the board.
3: Yeah. So um, that's uh, pretty clearly looking at our composite board and our rankings. It's like mm-hmm. those are your first two tiers. Mm-hmm. you got four quarterbacks. Sure. Uh, Kaiser is somebody that uh, he actually, it just they just released the um, invites to the NFL draft, and Kaiser's invited and coming. So <laughs> um, I think somebody's going to make a mistake on round one. Huge. Going this way. But this is who I think, if you could peg with Houston, Kaiser would have the best chance to maximize his physical abilities going to work with Bill O'Brien than anywhere else in the league, in my opinion. Really? Yes. I think Kaiser, um, I really, I have a ton of respect for what O'Brien can do as, you know, working with quarterbacks. Um, I think the Osweiler experiment, you just got to throw out. Um, but, but Kaiser, it's between the ears stuff, it's technical stuff, and, uh, they have a very versatile group of receivers there with, like, DeAndre Hopkins is the big catch radius guy that can win contested catches and can do a little bit of everything. And then you have someone like Will Fuller as a vertical guy and Braxton Miller's going to be a nice slot guy. And if they can get, like, one more receiving piece, then I would feel really good. I would love to say it's going to be Jalen Strong. But... Mm -hmm. um, you know, I was a huge Jalen Strong fan coming out, but uh, he's he changed his body. He dropped, I think, like 15 pounds. He's trying to play faster. and um, It wasn't what I thought he did well in college, so I'm not holding my breath there. Um, but Kaiser, I just think he has the Jameis Winston traits, but he's nowhere near close to putting it together. And it's just my opinion with the, the cast that they have there. And with the coach that they have there, if anybody's going to milk that out of Kaiser, it would be Bill O'Brien.
2: Yeah, you know, I I like I like O'Brien for Kaiser than more than I like Kaiser for O'Brien, and I think that would be a, a really a really great situation for Deshaun Kaiser, uh, for him to go and have his best chance for success. Um, I just worry that you think Bill O'Brien values Deshaun Kaiser enough to to pull the trigger on him. Now they're going to have to do something at quarterback, obviously that has to happen. Um, But, you know, is his inconsistencies with his mechanics and some of his decision making going to be something that's going to be a a draw
3: for, for
2: O'Brien, because I I agree that Kaiser would be really well served to go to Houston and work with Bill O'Brien. I just don't know if it's reciprocated.
3: Well, let me ask you this. Do you think Bill O'Brien's in a hot seat?
2: I don't. No, I don't.
3: So, uh, there's there's no rush. Sure. You know, it, it's very well established that that Houston team, if they had anybody who was halfway competent, they would have been <laughs> challenging for the AFC the past couple years. Like, their their defense has been very strong. And they have a great cast of receivers. Uh, you know, they they brought in Lamar Miller to run the ball. Uh, they need to do a little better job staying balanced as, a, as an offense. But... Um, if they can just get halfway decent quarterback play that team's guaranteed in that division to win well maybe not anymore I really like yeah. what Tennessee's doing um the Colts if they can solidify their defense they're always going to be able to challenge with a healthy injury luck um maybe this is the year the Jaguars are they're running take the game. Next step. they can get
2: the running game together oh yeah.
3: is that is that a tease for when we get to running backs? <laughs>
2: Yeah, you know, I, I'm actually looking forward to that. Yeah, um, I know
3: you are. I know because I saw the tweet today. I know yeah, exactly well, where you're going to go. Well,
2: I've been doing research all day on it, so you okay. know, it's something that I'm certainly ready to talk about. So but.
3: I think the past couple years, halfway decent quarterback play gets the Texans like a bye every year. And yeah. I, that probably will not be the case anymore. I think that division is going to be much more competitive. But then they need that piece, and you can't oh, – man, I, see, I don't think Peterman's a great fit. Scheme wise, I think they would love to get somebody like that if they want to go cheap, but I think you're selling the offense and the skill players short if you take Peterman and put him on Houston.
2: Yeah, it's Peterman plan B, so let's, I mean, they're picking somewhere in, right. the, in the 20s. You know, if Kaiser, if he goes sooner, you know, he's the fallback, you know, they figure out a way to get him at some point. I don't, I don't know if they could take him in the 20s. That'd be awfully, awfully early, but. That's rich, yeah. Yeah, you know, something where they have to think about that in the second round. Um, any of these other quarterbacks
3: excite you at all? (laughs) Um, Kaya's just leaving me... Kaya's my QB, um, seven. I have Davis Webb in in front of him by just a couple slots. Uh, Webb, to me, he's pure shot-in-the-dark developmental guy. Um, not overly excited about him. Kaya, I think, um, you could... See him be a starter, but the way he handles pressure just terrifies me. He's so <laughs> everything's got to perfect. Yeah. Yes, he's and when he's in a rhythm, like yeah. the the comp I made in November was Sam Bradford. Like when he's in, when he's locked in, uh, he's balls out on his back foot and he's throwing on timing. He's seeing the field well. He can tear you up. And you don't have to look any further than the Pittsburgh game because he started like eleven for eleven for like two hundred yards in the first quarter, and he he looked like a star. And then you turn on some of the other games, and it's like, dude, any kind of a gap pressure just totally rattles his cage like beyond belief. And you, you see almost like a, a Chad Henne style, just a panic when when he's under pressure. And uh, that's when bad decisions come, and inaccurate throws come, and turnovers come, and bad sacks in the pocket come, and he can't really move and manipulate. So, I think Kaya in a perfect situation can give you something, but I'm not really holding my breath on anybody else.
2: Except for didn't uh, our good friend Todd McShay say? Uh, stop uh, it! Yeah.
3: Stop. Don't even don't even finish the thought. I cannot believe somebody <laughs> would even. Pose the concept of taking Josh Dobbs in round two over the top four quarterbacks in round one.
2: That's Kyle, you're being you're being condescending, Kyle. It's it's asinine.
3: <laughs> that is asinine.
2: It's it's the world we live in, Kyle. No, I world I, world.
3: I get it. Dobbs is a good athlete and he's smart as hell. He's smarter than I will ever be in anything. But there's a difference between intelligence and implied and applied intelligence. <laughs> And that guy can make a rocket ship, but he cannot run an offense. He just – he just it's not there. When the live bullets are flying, the decisions are not good, the mechanics are not good, the placement is not good. Don't tell me he's a possible starting quarterback at the NFL level. I don't buy it.
2: Can we talk running backs?
3: Let's move on. Although, Although, give me one – I think we're going to say the same guy. A, a day three guy that could long-term be a starter. Just just the name.
2: Gerard Evans. Gerard Evans,
3: yes. Yeah. I, I think as page. a vertical, uh, kind of like a, another version of Mahomes as far as like vertical passing game, I think that's where he'd be best. Uh, Virginia mm-hmm. Tech played a lot of 50-50 balls, a lot of back shoulder throws, a lot of deep shots. Um, so if... Pittsburgh's looking for if they feel like they can get a couple years out of Roethlisberger, maybe you see them go that route. Um, but if I were to hedge my bet on any day three guy, it would be Gerard Evans, and I know you feel the same way.
2: Yeah, no question. So believe it or not, I'm, I'm pretty excited to talk about these running backs. Wow.
3: Um,
2: yeah. Well, you know, I've done some research today, really looking at the Jaguars and their running back situation, and they're picking number four overall. And some just some nuggets here for you on the Jaguars and their running game. Uh, last year, they finished in the bottom ten for, for total rushing yards. They had only eight rushing touchdowns for the season. Um, they passed the ball 626 times versus 392 <laughs> rushing Holy attempts.
3: Lord, <laughs> right?
2: Yeah, horrible. They haven't had a thousand-yard running back since 2011 and that was Maurice Jones Drew. Last year their leading rusher was Chris Ivory with 485 yards oh, and goodness. Ivory was their number one back. Their number two was TJ Yeldon. Both of them averaged under 3.8 yards per carry. You think they need a running back? I mean, obviously their offensive line's not great. Yeah, know? I don't I don't I don't like their offensive line. But um, some developing some consistency here. Consistency here with this with this running game. I mean, Blake Bortles. I'm not high on Blake Bortles. Never have been, but he obviously had a huge regression last year. And the quarterback's best friend is a running game. And I'm warming up to to Jacksonville taking Fournette at four. Not I wouldn't do it. All right, that uh, Joe, but that's not what Joe, I'm. Go Joe, ahead. Yeah. Can I cut you off? Yeah, go ahead.
3: They don't have the offensive line to do it. So that's when it. And that's it's, when it's, we get to—is Cam Robinson worth that pick for you? He is, yes. But I don't think the NFL sees him like that. I could be wrong, though. I just—I just don't. I don't even know what their offensive identity is. No, they—they they, <laughs> they have no offensive identity, and um, I don't. It's know Hackett, what, and Marone, right? Hackett, Marone. Yeah,
2: that's their. That's their. That's their. They're guys. Okay. So, I, mean, I, know, so I know what that
3: it, offense is it, about. I was going to say, if you're going to say, now that Tom Coughlin's there and, and Doug Marone's there, um, they're going to play smash mouth, run the ball, then okay. Then, you know, fantasy football players, beware. Don't freaking take Leonard Fournette 1 1 this year. Don't do it because he, he will have an ugly year this year. But if you're going to say, okay, they're taking Fournette with the understanding that. They have to reinvest in the offensive line, and their interior three have to get much better, and they have to get guys that all fit the same identity. Now you're talking my language a little bit.
2: Sure. But Leonard Fournette, for neither one of us, is a first-round grade.
3: Hot take. Yeah, but he's still in the top 32 for both of us.
2: Yeah, 27 for me. Yeah, and what I, is he for
3: you? I have him 18. Okay, okay. And that's, that's actually the spot he finished on the composite port, too, was 18. Okay. So he's our running back three between the two of us. Um, and I, this is where it kind of gets into schematics. If you want to be a smash mouth team, I don't think you're taking Dalvin cook and you're certainly not taking oh, Christian McCaffrey sure and, sure, and Joe Mixon's off the table for you because of the off the field stuff in the first round. Yeah. So yeah. and that's, yeah,
2: that's really what makes it different. What we do compared to the NFL. And it's worth noting. That, you know, we're grading everyone in a vacuum, and right. there are players that fit other teams way differently than others.
3: Right. So for it's from us, it's okay. What do us philosophically as football people think sure. is the most important thing? So if uh, the Jaguars are sitting down in their draft room and they're talking about, okay, these are the traits we need at running back. And they say, we want a guy that's a three down back. He can run with power. Uh, he's got burst. Uh, he's good between the tackles and can grind out yardage. Fournette's your dude. Yep, he's gonna be the top, top graded guy out of those group. Now, for me, I like feet, I like mm-hmm. vision and ability to create false steps on the second level, and that's why Fournette, like Fournette, in a lot of other areas, he's testing very. He he showed very sure. strong on film, so that's the difference, and that's why for me, he's probably a little bit lower down than some power style teams. So, if it, and you might be onto something as far as. Their valuation of him, and this is a special group of runners. You know, we we're gonna go through the class, but we've got eleven guys in our top one hundred on the composite board. Yeah, it's so crazy. It, it's a very special group. Um, if you think you can get one of those three down guys, I think there's probably five or six. I think you you probably think there's only four. Um go get one. And if the value's there and you think he's a generational talent, like a lot of people in the NFL do that have been doing it a lot longer than we have, then okay, Leonard Fournette of four, let's do it.
2: Yeah, go get your guy. But I agree with you. So for me, the top two runners in this class are Dalvin Cook and Christian McCaffrey. I know that's not the same for you, but those are, those are guys that, um, outstanding feet, really elusive guys, have enough power, but their ability to create and be patient and, playoff blocks and have spatial awareness and string together moves, catch a football. I mean, I really like it. Those guys are going to be tough, tough for second level defenders to square up, you know, even though they don't have a huge power component to what they do. You know, these guys – these guys are going to make people miss, and you know, I, I think about obviously. I watch a ton of LaShawn McCoy in the Bills, Bills, and their last two seasons where they led the NFL in rushing yards both years. And I really subscribe to that that twitched up guy that can with juice and wiggle that can make people miss because I've seen it work.
3: Yeah, and one of the things I did for for FanRag this week was I wrote uh, best scheme fits for the top four runners in the class. Um. And it was Joe Mixon, who's based on on the field, annual disclaimer, anytime we say it, uh, best runner and running back in this class, in my opinion, on the field. And I would go even further to say he's the best running back I've evaluated the past four years. Uh, I think he's a really, really special case. Um, but looking at specifically Dalvin Cook and Christian McCaffrey, um, I mean they're they are both top 12 players for me. They're 11 and 12. Uh really really like what they bring to the table. You know, we said this is a special running back class. I have four running backs in my top 20 players. Um so it it's I have I have a potential of six three down backs. We'll get into some of them a little later. Uh but I talked about potential ideal fits for Cook and McCaffrey and I came up with McCaffrey the Eagles. Oh, yeah, if they Decide that he's worth that pick. You know Doug Peterson as a member of the Andy Reid coaching tree. Uh, you know Brian Westbrook there. Uh, mm-hmm. What Darren Sproles they did this past year, where Sproles was third on the team with like 52 receptions, and then Andy Reid over in Kansas City, Jamal Charles had 110 receptions in his two full seasons with Reid as the head coach. They love to use the backs as a receiver in the West Coast offense there. So with that philosophy and him breaking off of that. McCaffrey's the best receiving back in the, in the class. And um, mm-hmm. he's not somebody Eagles don't grind it out between the tackles. And I think you'll keep some life on McCaffrey that way. If you get him his 20 touches, but maybe you're getting him um, a, a good blend of inside-outside zone. You're getting him a good blend of receiving touches and screens. You're letting him do some return game stuff. I think they're a team that could really optimize his value.
2: Yeah, so we've kind of touched here on the top three, four guys, and we've 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 talked a lot about Joe Mixon. the the next little tier here is where you and I are, are most different. I feel um, where you have you know Wayne Gallman in this tier, and I don't.
3: I have two more three down starters that you don't. Okay, uh, Wayne well, Gallman and Dante Foreman.
2: I don't not like Donta Foreman.
3: I like you, him better than Gallman. You have him eighty first. I'm thirty second.
2: Yeah, I, I think Deontay Foreman. Uh, I mean, that dude, that dude's a, a size speed blend uh, like you like you won't believe. You know, he doesn't have he doesn't have the most power, the power components you expect for his size, but he you know he makes people miss and yeah. he, he's got a second gear that's he's got pretty break, nice
3: breakaway speed. Oh and yeah. He, now he got knocked because everybody felt his the holes that he was running through were the size of Texas, uh, <laughs> but I saw. The ability to create some yardage after contact. Sure. I saw some nice cuts, the ability to square up a guy and cut off of it and make a guy miss. I saw acceleration. You know, he doesn't always press the line of scrimmage like four nets, like just torpedo through the hole, right? Um, yeah. Foreman I see a little bit more calculated. He feels his way through, and then he sees the crease, and then the acceleration comes where he's, he's creating some more missed angles because, like, Fournette, it's just you don't expect him to be that fast, but he's running hard and he just blows right by you. Foreman kind of lets you suck up into an angle and then bursts out and beats you that way. Uh, but both of those guys, for me, I think, are three down backs, and that's why they're scored as high as they are. they got second-round values. Uh, very different players. Gallman's a, I've made the analogy before, more of an... Arian Foster, smooth, uh, not especially twitchy. I think he's a little underrated with how he takes on contact. Uh, Doesn't always optimize his runs, uh, but he makes a lot of nice things happen with the ability to string together cuts. And then Foreman, we've already kind of touched on.
2: So looking at the the next grouping here, uh, two guys that kind of stand out for me are Kareem Hunt out of Toledo and and Curtis Samuel out of Ohio State. Hunt, I mean, that Toledo offense has been... Outstanding over the last couple seasons, and he's been a big part of that. His 16 tape was a lot better than his 15 tape, and uh, I really appreciate the power that he has combined with uh, enough wiggle and juice. But then his vision and ability to string together yards is really something that excites me. He's actually my running back six and has a, a second round grade. Uh, I think he has starter traits, uh, and, and I like him quite a bit. He's the guy that you, you know, if you were thinking about taking one in the first round, you know, he's that one. Maybe you think about taking in the second round uh, that can you know be a starter for you. The other one being you know Curtis Samuel out of Ohio State. I don't really like the idea of pegging him as a running back or wide receiver uh, because I think he can do everything. You know he's a guy that can compress the the boundary and, uh, and the perimeter on outside runs. You can do, do delayed handoffs and, and draws with him, and then he's got the receiving talent uh, to you know have a quick hitter and really create for himself after the catch. So. Um, a little bit more of a of a specialist, but a good enough specialist where he he warranted um, a day two grade for me. Actually, my 80th player in the class.
3: Sure, and um, no, Hunt Hunt was a weird case because we did his work uh, for the summer, and both of us came back and said, "Yeah, man, like rough year last year. Don't know how it's going to work for him." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you watch his 14 tape and his 14 tape, I thought had a lot more power than what this year did. Seemed like mm-hmm. he had another gear this year. Kind of like I got some Doug Martin vibes at the Senior Bowl with him. Ooh. I don't know how you feel about that. I don't hate that. I got I some some Dougie Fresh uh, vibes there as far as – and he's my 72nd-ranked player, so we're we're very close as far as our valuation of him. What I want to kind of touch on is what you said. If you had a target on a, on a first-round guy, maybe he's a second-round guy, where do we kind of stand on the fact that we could potentially have like – five or six names go in the top 50. Do you think that's going to have a notable impact on somebody like Hunt's going to now get dropped because of supply and demand?
2: You know, I think it can work both ways. It can work the way you just said, but at the same time, um, you know that you know he's your ace in, in the in the hole. He's your guy in the back pocket that uh, you can be satisfied with and, and go ahead and grab. So I think it can work both ways, um, honestly.
3: Sure. And, uh, we can't gloss over Draft Dude's guest, Alvin Kamara, can we? Oh, certainly not. He's my RB5. Yeah, so uh, he's 62 on my board, 65 on your board. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we have a group. Uh, it's it's pretty funny, actually, because we could sit here and look it, up, look it up right as we're next to each other. You have Dallin Cook, 19. I have him, 11. You have McCaffrey, 21. I have him, 12. Uh, you have Fournette, 27. I have him, 18. We're all within eight or nine spots on all three of those guys. Oh, wow. you, you bypass Mixon. Who were well established? What our differences are, uh, Foreman and Gallman, who I think are are two down, are three down guys that you, well, you, you're fairly high on their top 100 guys, but they're not. Um, you don't think they're starting caliber Belka or feature backs like I do. Yeah. Right. Uh, you get past that group of three, which were different on for different reasons, and then you've got Kamara, 65 and 62, uh, Hunt, 66 and 72. And then Curtis Samuel, 78 and 80. So, like, the the top nine backs on our composite board were within nine spots on six out of those nine guys. So, I I think it's interesting that for you being as avid of a running back hater as you've self-proclaimed yourself to be at times, (laughs) uh, we've got a really nice mirroring in each other's individual rankings – as far as this class and and top two tiers of runners, fighting narratives,
2: craps. That's yeah. all I'm doing. Well,
3: with the exception of Elijah McGuire. Yeah, I think we've had enough discussion on him. We've touched <laughs> enough on Elijah McGuire. Um, <laughs> so, so if you get past those tiers, it seems like that's kind of where we draw the line in the sand. I'm I'm a little higher. Oh, yeah. I'm a little higher on like P Ryan and Marlon Mack for me are also up there a bit as far as I see some upside as far as. Uh, niche roles as runners Uh, you're not low on them i'm just a Mm -hmm. little higher there Uh, i just properly value them sure (laughs) whatever um (laughs) if you move past that what are some names that you if you're looking at day three runners that you like Mm -hmm. and you like within contacts for certain reasons um interested to hear any names that you may have yeah,
2: I've got I've got two that really come to mind. Uh, first being TJ Logan out of North Carolina. Uh, I think this guy's just an electric football player. Really nice niche player in terms of a third down back catch the football. I went to that UNC pro day and I seen him catch footballs at all levels of the field. Really, uh, really adept at tracking the football vertically, uh, as well as obviously taking short routes and, and creating for himself. You know, running the four threes. Um, not the best vision. There's no question, um, but kind of like with Curtis Samuel, where you can there's certain roles, certain carries that are going to favor his skill set that I think he can do, and really nice complimentary back. You know, if you if you look at um, I don't know, look at a team like uh, Dallas with Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, TJ Logan would be a really nice. Uh, complimentary back to him, or, or, you know, if Latavius Murray was a starting running back in the NFL, he would be a, a good compliment to him. Oh, he is. Uh, is Latavius – oh, for Minnesota, Minnesota right? Right now, yeah. Yeah. So that's – well, they have McKinnon. So, you know, there's certain things, but, but those types of runners, you know, Zeke is obviously an everything
3: guy, but – Yeah. Um, no, know. I actually like that quite a bit as, like, a foil, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 And, and you know, I – I thought real quick. I thought yeah. T.J. Logan was head and shoulders the best running back in North Carolina this year. I know there's some Elijah Hood fans, yeah. um, but we wa- we both watched him and we were like, nah, I could take
2: it or leave it. Sure, sure. And that's not a good thing about running your backs. You need to have something about you that uh, that you know makes you want to to set yourself above the rest sure. of the other ordinary guys. So, yeah.
3: any other um, guys on your end?
2: Yeah, you know, Aaron Jones. I, I like him quite a bit out of UTEP. A guy that just runs angry. Really nice ability to pick up yards after camp, after contact. Um, productive player, you know, out of uh, UTEP. Uh, had some injury concerns that that pushed him down a bit, but I, I think he's he's the guy that if I think about a player drafted on day three, that I think can be a starter. I think you get that from Aaron Jones. He's he's a receiving threat. Uh, he's got the power elements to his game. He's athletic, um, not super big, but big enough. And I, I like—I just really like his ability to get yards after contact, one of the most proficient in that area in the entire class, plus he can catch the ball.
3: Yeah, and those are two names we were separated by three and two spots on the board with. Oh, cool. So I'm, I'm right there with you as far as this running class. Um, If I'm looking over just trying to maybe find a name that we didn't talk about... Um, it's funny you have him rated higher than I do, but I really liked uh I'm going to try it. Dari Agumbawale mm. from Wisconsin. Yeah. I think as a cheaper version like a late version of TJ Logan. Like I would invest like a sure. like a 5 on Logan. If you can get Ag- Agumbawale in <laughs> 6 or 7, yeah. I think you're getting a really nice football player at that point in the draft. He's he's another speedy receiving style, strings some nice cuts together in the open field. Uh, there's some problems with the way he addresses the point of attack and, and kind of tries to press up into the line of scrimmage, which led to a lot of the irregular results that he got there. But uh, in 2015, when Corey Clement was banged up, he did a really nice job stepping in and being the, the primary guy there. And then as a change of pace guy, the, the lightning to Corey Clement's thunder this past year. Uh, which was very successful for the Badgers. I really like him as a later day three option if a team needs some receiving skills and some special teams contributions. Yeah, and only running
2: back since 2014. He played cornerback previously, yeah. so yeah. you know you get, you like to think there's some upside there. Yeah, definitely a really nice pass catcher. I, I, I like him, so that was a, that was a good call. Top top 200 guy for me, from 198 on the board, so
3: just snuck in. Yeah, man. So um, I think that's that's going to put a cherry on top for. Offensive backfield, uh, our, our class outlook, is about 40 minutes for you guys. Uh, we'll be back again on Monday, we're going to do pass catchers, so we'll be looking at tight ends and wide receivers. Uh, certainly no shortage of guys to talk with there, and, and just kind of looking over our composite board and individual rankings, there's going to be some interesting conversation there as far as uh, the value of the tight end class, and you know, it's a deeper class than we're used to seeing, and there's top talent. and Joe loves O.J. Howard much more than I do, and I really like O.J. Howard. He's a top 25 <laughs> player on my board. Um, and, and then with the wide receivers, um, I really love, and I'll kind of use this as a tease, I really love, our, Joe, I don't know if you've taken the the actual time to look at our top six, but I really love the way that that spit itself out for us. We have Corey Davis, Mike Williams, Taewon Taylor, Carlos Henderson, Josh Reynolds, John Ross. Top six that's wide good. receivers. Yeah, I think I roll I think that. that's. I think that's a fair blend of what you're hearing in the the media, uh, our own opinions in that we kind of normalized each other with Ross, where um, you're a little bit you're taking that a little bit more than I am, and then Tawan Taylor, we've kind of balanced each other out where I'm taking that more than you are, uh, and then a couple guys with Carlos Henderson and Josh Reynolds that we've both really liked throughout the process, and we're both very close on, and um, you know, we we have all of those guys as you no know, values based on number of picks that will be in the top 64
2: yeah so, and, there, and there's some noticeable differences between some of the the
3: guys like chris godwin and our darius yeah.
2: stewart and so that that's going to
3: be a good discussion yeah that'll be a really good show for you guys so make sure you catch it and you can do so by subscribing to the draft dudes podcast on itunes or audio boom uh feel free to you know, hit us up with any questions, any feedback you may have on the show. Uh, you can do so on Twitter or Facebook, facebook.com slash Scouting. Twitter, I am at NDTScouting. Joe is at the Joe Marino. You can swing by NDTScouting.com. We are pumping out content there now, uh, really getting you guys a lot of f- – Um, specific takes on specific players, looking at some macro stuff with the draft. We're doing a really great giveaway. Um, Our National Scout, Elliot Chris, was kind enough to volunteer a signed Odell Beckham Jr. jersey. We're doing nine prop bets on the 2017 NFL draft. Uh, we got a survey up on the site. You fill it out. uh, Leave your name and email. Whoever is the most accurate with those nine prop bets gets the most hits and the most points. We've got a point system involved. uh, Is going to be winning a lifetime membership to NDT Premium. And a sign and a signed Odell Beckham Jr. jersey. So, now is it
2: is it the is it the most points, or do they have to beat beat all the staff? I, I'm just. Uh,
3: you you gotta finish first. Okay, you gotta finish first. You have to finish first. So, okay, if staff's involved and staff wins, then i am Already got the spot picked out for my jersey on the wall, but we'll <laughs> we'll cross that bridge when we get there. So uh, make sure you look for that. It's the top article on the page. So, so make sure you guys enroll. Take advantage of that. It's a great opportunity for somebody to to potentially get some nice prizes and you know as a thank you for you guys uh, partying with us all year long. Uh, I am Kyle Krabs signing off with Joe Marino. This is the Draft Dudes Podcast.
0: Unlimited data on their network. Video streams at 480p. Small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds. If you cancel balances due, well-qualified customers, full price, 720 plus tax. Finance agreements required. Netflix for two screens. Terms apply. unlimited data on their network video streams at 480p small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds if you cancel balances to well-qualified customers full price 720 plus tax finance agreements required netflix for two screens terms apply
2: thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a
1: five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube